Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We are so glad you've joined us today. If you have been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks for joining us this week, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. Well, amen. I pray you're ready to dive into the Word this morning. Okay, so I heard one person. Let's try this again. Good morning. Okay, one more time. Good morning. I pray you're ready to dive into the Word this morning. If I said, like, I'm excited just to talk about my life, then I would expect, like, a dead silence. Uh, But we're talking about the Word of God. And this morning, I'm actually going to usually have an intro or we ease into getting our place in the Word. But I just want to dive right in, and I pray that you're ready. I woke up about 15 times throughout the night because I was excited to preach. And I kept looking at my clock saying, is it time? Is it time? Is it time? And uh, finally, this is the moment. So I pray you're ready. I pray you're ready to take notes with whatever your pen and paper, notebook, or your device. Uh, But would you stand and turn to Psalm chapter 1, the first psalm. And we're going to be reading, my Bible is the NLT. I love reading from it, but today I'm going to read from my iPad because I want to read from the NIV. But the screen will be reflective of the NIV psalm. One, and we'll read three verses, one to three. If you're there, shout amen. Amen. Verse one, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. And verse three, underline it, highlight it. Uh, This is where we're going to kind of plant ourselves this morning. That person, which person? The blessed person who does not do what the wicked does. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. And then John 15, 16, which reinforces verse 3 says this, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word today. Lord, I pray that, um, Lord, we would just grasp what your spirit is saying to us as your church. I pray for open hearts that, Lord, we might uh, receive your word, but also, Lord, uh, just use it to evaluate where we ourselves are at in what concerns roots and fruits in our lives. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And based on these two verses that we've read, and rather quite quickly, I know, but we'll take some time this morning in them, the goal of a Christ follower should be to be fruitful. We There should be evidence of our life rooted in Christ by the fruit that comes out of my life. We're not going to have time to get into the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, on and on, right? We can do a whole sermon series on that, and perhaps one day we will. Um, But there should be evidence of the Spirit's work in my life. The goal of a Christ follower should be to be fruitful. You can't produce fruit, though, Unless you are planted, and this is what we're going to drive home today. The title of my sermon is Roots and Fruit. Roots 
and fruit. They kind of rhyme, so it's easy to remember roots and fruit. But you can't produce fruit unless you actually are planted. And then your roots can actually start to grow. So in Psalm 1, verse 3, which we read, um, we have the verse again, but with a bunch of underlines. So that person is like a, a tree, right? So who? Well, those who are rooted in the word, those who follow the law of the Lord, those people are like a tree. And what does it say about this tree? That it's planted. It's planted. It's firm in the ground. And not only that, it's in a specific location as well. And the location is it's planted by the streams of water. So Everything seems to be quite intentional. Would you agree as we get started? It's very intentional. So you have to be planted. Those who are rooted in God's word are like a tree that's planted. And it's not just planted anywhere, but it's by a stream. Because that stream provides the nourishment for the tree that's taken in by the roots. And what is the purpose? So it can yield fruit. So fruit can grow. When does fruit grow? Well, I love what it says in the NIV. Did I underline it there? Yeah, which yields its fruit in season. So if it yields fruit in season, then there's a time when it's likely out of season. And I, I think I alluded to this last week when I said, you know, we've never seen an apple growing on a tree with, that's barren in the middle of winter, right? At least the Canadian winter. Uh, I've never seen an apple grow in those conditions. But there is an appropriate season where the, 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 the buds come, the leaves grow, and then all of a sudden the blossoms come, and then you get your fruit. And so this morning, with God's help, we're going to look at that, but for our own lives, the, the roots and the fruit. And, and there's a wonderful result that we find at the end of verse 3. The leaf doesn't wither, but also whatever they do prospers. Whatever they do prospers. I'm sure, let's just show of hands, who here would love to prosper? Right? Amen. There are no liars in the house of the Lord. Imperfect people, yes, but no liars, hopefully. But the tree benefits from being planted in the right environment. And when it's planted in the right environment, then it can begin to yield fruit. Now here's the thing. Psalm 1-3 is speaking about a specific people. And when you are planted in the right environment, I know we're talking about a tree and fruit, but when you now are planted in the right environment, you not only bear fruit, but you excel, you make progress, and you succeed. Basically, you prosper in what you set out to do. And so... When I was young, my grandfather, we had a pretty big backyard, and this is the house we lived in most of my life, and we, it was full of trees. I remember the first day we moved in, we didn't have a lawnmower, and the people who previously lived there had moved out already. Like, the grass was really long, but the trees were equally very big and started to cause problems because of one was cracking because it was overbearing and it was starting to, to die in certain ways. I'm not a tree expert by any means, but... You know who was? My grandfather. 
And my, my dad called him, and my grandfather came with his axe and his saw. And basically, he said, this tree is no good anymore. It's basically dying. And there were two trees that I could remember that he basically ended up uh, sawing, and he left the stump. Now, this created problems because we used to use the trees as our soccer net growing up in our backyard. But he left the, a stump, so I was afraid that if we're playing soccer, we're going to bump into it. And I remember once he cut it, he put like black tar uh, over the, the stump so that I said, why did you do that? And what he told me, whether he's right or not, I don't know. If there's a tree expert, you could correct me. But he said, just so it won't grow anymore. <laughs> but he put tar on it. And then he did it to the second tree. And uh, sure enough, they never grew back. But those trees were dealt with. Now, it made me think as I was preparing this week, I remembered that. And I said, well... Okay, he, he, the tree would never grow back, but why didn't he just like rip the whole thing out? Why didn't he? And as I thought of it, it's because I realized my grandfather probably was smarter than I knew at the time. And he said, well, he didn't say, but as I could think, the roots are hard to dig at. The roots are, is what's hard to pull up. But there is a way that you can kill the tree, just put the tar in it, and you kind of deal with the problem of the tree and the, the way it was hanging and all of that stuff. But to, to extract and, and dig out the roots, that's a whole other ball game that my grandfather knew. It's not worth the effort. It's not worth the energy. And the emphasis that I want to draw and why I say all of that is because, I don't know about you, but in my life, in my spiritual walk with God, this journey that I'm on with Jesus, I want to be like the roots of that tree. I want to be firm and planted and secure that even if people would try, or the enemy will try, it's not going to lift out of the ground. Because I've planted myself. Because I am planted. And the challenge and the, the commission for us is to allow our roots to go down deep. And so it is easier to cut a tree and leave a stump than it is to completely remove its roots. Why? Because the root system is intentional. It's designed to keep the tree in place. And here's also something I learned. The taller the tree, the deeper the root. And the deeper the root, the taller the tree. See, it depends on how you're looking at it. You see, you might see a tall tree, but you might not be aware that there are roots. But once you have this knowledge and understanding, you look at a tall tree but your emphasis and perspective is, oh, the roots must be really deep for that tree to be able to stand. And here's the problem. In this day and age that we live in, we live in an age of shortcuts and quick fixes. We sometimes forget that the principle of roots that have to be established downwards before fruit can be born upward. I'm going to say it again because I think I, I mixed a few words. We sometimes forget the principle that roots have to be established downwards before fruit can be born upward. A lot of times when we say, who here wants to bear fruit for Christ? We would lift up our hands. We would say, I want to do great things. We, we, we want to be joyful. We want to reflect the fruit of the Spirit. But we forget that in order for us to grow like a tall tree, we have to allow time for the process for our roots to dig down deep. And if we want to see a tall tree with good, big fruit, 
we have to make sure that that root system is there and it's developed. Uh, we have a picture that I want to show of uh, technology versus agriculture. Um, I, I'm so happy that I was able to find it or else I would have had to like use Photoshop to create it myself. Um, but here's a good contrast. Because if you like technology or love it like I do, you know this, that the minute you blink and open your eyes, technology has already evolved, right? There's a new iPhone being announced this coming week, apparently three new phones. Like, I know these things, not because I, I, I say, hmm, let me start. I just, I know. I listen and I, I, I follow up on things like this, the trends. But technology changes fast. But guess what? In the Word of God, our lives are not referred to or used in parables with technology. Jesus, when he taught, always used agriculture. It was something familiar to them in that day and age. But we can't say, well, okay, that was cool for Jesus. Now we have technology, so let's relate life to technology. But here's the problem. Technology evolves and changes rapidly. It's trained us to expect things to move quick and to fix quick. But here's the thing. Agriculture is a slow process. And it takes time. And I'm saying it slow on purpose so you get frustrated. Because some of you are frustrated that it does take time. You can't rush the process. You just have to endure it and hopefully grow through the process. To let the roots begin to develop. But agriculture is more of an appropriate uh, example for us to draw on than modern day technology. Why? Because it's something that takes a long time. And here's a perfect example. I've been sitting on this one for a long time, and I'm finally able to just use it as an example. Um, but I'm so fascinated with babies and the progress that we see. Like Nathan turned one just a few weekends ago, and to see, like he was taking like a step and then he'd fall. But on his birthday, he took like five consecutive steps. And I'm like, okay, here's the beginning of the end for, for us. Because <laughs> we're like, hey, come back, come back. And so we're getting to that stage now. And I see some of you parents at church where it's like you're trying to talk and then your child is already like halfway down the hallway. So you're like, I'll be right back. You know, I'm, I'm one of those parents now uh, with Nathan. But the, to think when he was born, he couldn't even hold his own head up. Now... No one would look at a newborn baby, I hope, and say, well, what good is a baby? <laughs> they, they're so dependent. They can't even hold their own. What do you mean they can't even hold their own head up? Are you serious? They can't even clean themselves? They, they can't even feed themselves? What, what is the point of having a baby? Like, no one in their right mind would speak like that. Or else every other parent would say, what are you talking about? Right? But here was Nathan when he was born, and we had to hold his head. And guess what? After a few weeks, he starts to develop his muscles in his neck to the point where he can now kind of hold up and lift up and look up. Fascinating, I tell you. And then from there, you know, he starts doing different things. His body begins to develop. And then by, you know, three, four, five months, he's probably crawling already at that. Like, amazing but it's all part of the process. And it, from there, his, his 
you know, he, he gets used to moving his legs. His muscles begin to develop the stability and the strength that they need to be able to support him now when he stands up on his own holding on to the sofa for the first time. You know, and he's wobbly and probably falls down many times, but the strength is developing to the point where on his one-year birthday, he's able to walk and take consecutive steps. What a beautiful, beautiful picture. What a beautiful example of this whole process of roots and fruits in our own life because it took him a year to get to where he is now. But how many of us have that kind of patience when we're adults, right? We just get frustrated and we, see, we move on because we get frustrated. But we have to learn patience through the process. Because God wants to do something with us and in us, I believe, as well. And so this is the, the beautiful picture. Every time you see a baby now, just think of how precious and dependent they are. But... I'm, and, and parents who have older children tell me all the time, they say, little children, little problems. Bigger children, bigger problems, right? And what happens is they go from being super dependent, completely dependent, to the complete opposite side where they are independent. Like, Dad, I don't need you. And my son Josiah, at five years old, talks like he's 17 sometimes. And I'm like, excuse me, you're not the father I am. And... And I'm not afraid to put him in his place, but there will come a, a day where he won't need me to be his father in that fathering way, if you know what I mean. And so the process is so important. The process is important. And it, we have to learn patience through it. It's a lot more like agriculture than it is technology. Remember that. Why? Because it takes a long time. And so here's the thing, though. You need to know... What season you're in. And, and I challenge you to think about it. You might not know the answer right now. But to ask yourself and to begin to ask God to help you understand. What season am I in? Is it a root season where I'm planted and I'm digging down and this is going to take a while? Or is it a, supposed to be for me a fruit season? Where I've been planted. I've you know, I'm planted by the stream. I'm receiving the word of God. I'm receiving from the messages from our time. You're being fed. You're growing. Your roots are, are taking, uh, taking the foundation that they're planted in for a purpose, right? The deeper the root you get, the taller the tree, the taller you get, and the more fruit you can bear and handle. And so begin to ask God to show you what season you're in? Is it a root season or is it a fruit season? For our church, let me just draw to this. For our church, what I'm starting to understand as God just shows me a little bit of what's in front of us is we are still in a root season where God is giving us a solid foundation because, and it takes time. So I'm a patient guy. I waited for my wife for, for 27 years. Not, not literally, but you get what I'm saying. I was 27. We, we delayed our wedding by nine months uh, just because we said, I've waited 26 years. What's nine more months? Uh, let's work, you know, get a bit more money so we can start this, th this life together off debt-free, which we did. Praise God. And, uh, but patience. Patience. 
And we need to, to be able to discern what season we're in. So for our church, I'm really sensing God is being clear with me on this, that we are still in the root stage. And it's in the root stage where we can tend to get frustrated. Because we want to see fruit, we want to see growth, we want to see the pews filled to the overflow, and then to the parking lot overflow, and fill, fill you know, just begin to dream more. But here's the thing, God's saying, yes, but. Yes, but not yet. So I'm saying, okay, God, I kind of want to see fruit. I kind of want to see fruit. And, and I just sense God is saying, patience. Because as the root grows and the foundation, the nucleus of who we are as a church begins to solidify, then we're going to start to see the tree of Weston Road grow and the fruit is going to be bigger than we ever anticipated. And this is what I believe and I'm not afraid to declare it with my own mouth, but here's what I will say. Are you willing to be firmly planted in this season of roots? So your life might be a root or a fruit season, but for our church, are you willing to just be a part of the root process that God is doing here? And I'm excited. Uh, I've been at Weston seven years, almost, I think it's almost seven years this coming March. I like to like, you know, round up. My wife taught me round up in everything. So it's going to be almost seven years. And seven is a great number, right? Biblically speaking. And, uh, and I just sense God is saying, we're not, we're not nearly there. And I'm, I'm actually encouraged by that. A lot of times we say, it's been two years, I've been lead pastor, and I'm just, can I be open and honest with you? Okay, maybe I'll move on then, get back. I, I just want to share a bit, uh, and, and we're going to stick to the sermon this morning, but this is a part of it. I want to lead you even in these moments as a church. And, and a lot of times, you know, the, the tenure of a senior pastor might just be a handful of years. That's the trend. But I'm here as long as God wants. And I don't intend to go anywhere because I still see the things that we have yet to do. And so as we are here, I'm saying, okay, God, two years is not even a lot of time. I mean, for some of us, it's like, it's already been two years. I, I feel like we're just like chipping away at the beginning of what God has in front of us. And why am I taking time in this morning's message to share all of this? Because we need patience. Because it's a root season for our church. Um, we want to see the fruit, absolutely, but we can't bypass the roots. We can't, or else what happens? If God would allow us fruit without good roots, the tree's going to die, and we won't be able, it won't be a long run. It'll be short-lived, and we'll say, whoa, what, what just happened there? It was good for a bit. And I, I'm not interested in the gimmicks and to grow quickly, uh, do crazy things, and just to get people through the door. That's not what I want. I want a healthy church. Why? Because healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. And so when once, not saying we're unhealthy, we're, we're, we're developing, we're totally in a different season and when we're in that season of, of fruit, we will know it, church. We will know it. And so agriculture, not technology. This is how we have to view where we're at as a church and maybe where you're at if you're talking about roots and fruit. So know your season. Getting back to you now as an individual, as a family. Know your season. Roots 
or fruit. I believe some might be ready for fruit, while others are desiring fruit. But today God is saying, that's awesome, I'm glad you want fruits. Get your roots ready. Colossians 2 verse 7 says, Let your roots grow down into Him, and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. You'll actually be grateful once the roots take root, to use the word twice in the same sentence. Once the roots take root in your life, you will be grateful. And so um, there's a picture of this tree that is a picture I took. We're going to pull it up right here in a second. I think I put it there. This is a real picture I took. It's on Old School Road uh, in Caledon at Heart Lake, at that intersection. And this was during an, a particular ice storm a few years ago. And I've, we were driving there. We have the kids in the van. And I'm like, Priscilla, uh, do we drive under this? Like, what happens? Like, look at it. It's towering over. And guess what? That tree survived the ice storm. And there were several others that looked way more healthy that didn't. And so today, to this day, this tree still kind of creeps onto the road. <laughs> this is like the Grinch, you know. It's like, you're a mean one. And it's still there. And the leaves are green. And, and, and I'm like, how is this thing not dead? Where's my grandfather? Let's cut the tree down. But it's still there. And as I look at it, right, now it's not just how in the world. Now, after today's message, I go, the roots. The roots. That's the key. The roots are deep. That's why when all these other trees that looked good didn't last. This one lasted because the roots must have been deep. And so that's just another picture for you to remember. And it's true in the Christian life as well. It's impossible for us to grow in the Lord without entwining our roots around His Word and deepening our life in His commands. And Proverbs 12.3 says, Wickedness never brings stability, but the godly have deep roots. But the godly have deep roots. So it, it tells us this, the shallow-rooted Christian and the shallow-rooted church as well will wither and die. And so I'm not interested in the shallowness. A lot of, uh, I've, I've heard this said, and I don't know if I've shared this. If I did, just remember it with me. Uh, I, you know, like the, the great fear is that the church is a mile wide, but only an inch deep. And at Weston, I'm not interested in the mile wide inch deep. I'd rather start way more specific and narrow, but, but grow deeper and deeper and deeper as a family of God, as a church, than, than to just spread it the net so wide and have it only an inch deep. This is, this is my heart. But the godly have deep roots. And so we don't want to be shallow Christians and we don't want to be a shallow church but we want to be a church and a Christian person that has deep roots. So the question for us today, how do we grow deeper roots? How do we grow deeper roots? And I want to share three things, and then we're going to get very practical towards the end of this message in a few minutes. Number one, stay planted. It might seem very um, obvious, but I'm going to state the obvious because... 
Some of us maybe aren't used to staying planted. Um, but you can't grow roots if you don't stay planted. I know with some plants, you could like move them and replant them elsewhere. I think my grandfather did that with the fig tree. He completely uprooted it when he moved and he brought it to the new house. And he, he tried to do it, but he was having a hard time. After three seasons of not bearing fruit, he just said, I guess I failed at doing this whole, you know, importing the tree thing. Um, but I think he was successful one other time. My grandfather loves trees. But we need to stay planted. And I'm going to actually draw it home to us. Um, there are people, and I'm not saying that I know who you are if you're here today, but there are people that are professional church shoppers. And I'll call them like that, professional church shoppers. And what I mean by that when I say that, I don't know what you think, uh, it's just people who, who visit churches because they're trying to find the perfect one. They're trying to find the right church. Now, if you're visiting, you know, you're not from around here and you're here this morning, uh, by all means, when I travel, when we're on vacation as a family, I always find a church to attend. And we love guests at Weston. We really do. But, but church shoppers is a whole other mentality. Um, it's just trying to evaluate what this church has to offer me and trying to Almost like you would go to a grocery store and you kind of go down the aisles. And it's hard to develop roots if this is what you are accustomed to doing. Why? Well, because you can't get planted. You can't get your feet in the ground. You can't really get connected and serve in, in a specific way if you're just hopping around from one place to another. How do you grow deeper roots? You stay planted in your church Number, it's not number one in priority, but that's one point. But the second point is in the Word of God. You, you get your life rooted in the Word of God. You plant yourself in the Word of God. And this is what Psalm 1 verse 3 told us, right? Those, who delight, those whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on His law day and night, that person is like a tree planted. So it's in the Word of God that we root ourselves. So stay planted. Um, you know, there is a growing trend, and I heard a few people jokingly say, well, I, could, I don't have to come Sunday. I could just uh, do church online. I could just listen to a sermon podcast. And, and I get that. If, if it's an impossibility on a specific weekend, sure, catch up. We have a, a sermon podcast if you're on Spotify or iTunes. You can actually just go and, and download the sermons that we've preached the last, I don't know how many years. And one of our volunteers from our, our well, you're a young adult now, Ben. But Ben faithfully volunteers to upload it every single week. He edits it and he uploads it. Why? So you could be rooted. You might, let's say, serve in the kids' ministry. Arctic Chill now starts at 1030, right? Um, so that the whoever's serving in that room doesn't have the privilege of being a part of worship or the word. But guess what? They can have their own worship time in the week. And every teacher or whoever serves right now as, I'm, as we're here gathered, um, they, they can still hear the message. They can still be connected to what we're doing. But here's the thing. I can't force you to be planted. This is something that you have to be conscious of and willingly be diligent to do so that you can grow deeper roots. Church online is a thing. 
There are churches who have an online campus, and I get it, I get it. But here's the thing that I feel it cannot replace, human interaction, human connection. It serves a great purpose. It's an evangelistic tool, and I think my opinion and perspective is whatever we can do to get the gospel out, we should try within our means to do it. But it cannot replace human connection. And a lot of times, this, we think, provides the connection because we're so connected. We see everyone's feed and updates and all of that stuff. But the reality is, well, I'm still disconnected because I don't feel like people really know what's going on. Right? But when I spend time with you face-to-face with one another on a Friday night at Connect, like that then we actually have time to chat and to catch up and to get a sense of, but how are you doing really? On Instagram, Pastor, it looks like you had an amazing week. How was your week? And if I catch myself, it's like a, a totally different week that I've had versus what was posted. Can I get a witness, right? So they're great. Online tools are great. I love technology. But it can never replace, in my opinion, human connection. And this is why it's important. Number one, stay planted. Number two, stay connected. Stay connected. I'm going to say more about that in a bit because we've already touched on it. Um, And then thirdly, stay nourished. Stay nourished. You can feed yourself a whole bunch of stuff. You can listen to podcasts and think that like you've received. There are a ton of great podcasts. I love podcasts. Now that I've uh, began a new routine, I've been waking up at 5.15 every, every, not Sunday, every morning, and I go exercise before my kids wake up. That's my goal. I try to beat my kids up. Sorry. (laughs) Not like this. Wake up time. Okay, let's, Ben, we'll edit that out of the podcast. No, don't, don't do it. It's fine. Unedited. Um, I try to. How can I say it a different way? Someone help me. I try to wake up before my kids and do my exercise before they wake up. There we go. We're all on the same page, right? We don't beat our kids. We discipline them. That's what we call it. Amen. And so before I lose train of thought, parents are laughing at me. Um, Stay nourished. Stay nourished. So I I run and I listen to a lot of podcasts. and, And a few weeks in, I began to realize... Wait a second. This cannot actually replace my time in the Word. Because I'm hearing, I listen to some leadership podcasts. I listen to some entrepreneurial startup podcasts. There's some of my interests. And then some music podcasts, drumming stuff, uh, gear, music gear, technology. And I like this stuff. But you know what I realized? By the time I get home and I take 10 minutes to catch my breath and just like stop sweating for a bit, that my kids wake up. And before, like, I thought, like, no, I did my time. I felt the Holy Spirit convict me saying, but you, but you actually didn't really spend time. And I'm not a, a holier-than-thou type of person. I'm a normal dad and, and man, like, like, just like anyone else in this building is. Uh, and I realized, I said, I, I thought I was filling that, that void. I was getting the nourishment for my soul. But in reality, I was, I was actually lacking what God wanted to say to me out of his own word. I can listen to sermons, 
I can listen to podcasts that are helpful, that will um, give me tools to be a better leader, a better, a better father, and all of those things. Um, but I need to hear what God wants to say to me as well. Amen? Um, so stay nourished and know what kind of nourishment that you are feeding yourself. Because it's easy to think, well, I ate a good meal. Uh, but in reality, I didn't receive everything that I should have. So stay nourished. That's number three. And I want to share very practically, like I said, some ways that you can get planted at Weston. And I know for the last long while, for, for what concerns Friday nights, I didn't do a good job of communicating what we actually do as a church on Friday nights. And so I'm going to change that and make sure that we let you know what's happening. On Friday, I was greatly encouraged. We had a cafe. We started with a social time with coffee and some refreshments. And the room was full. Like there was a great turnout. And I was greatly encouraged. But I said, now I need to make sure I let the rest of the church know that this is what's going on. So um, can we put the woman with purpose slide? I know I announced this. But I, I just, I, I feel it's so important to even what we are talking about this morning, to get plugged in and get connected. Um, Women with Purpose, it's going to be once a month. We're going to be updating the website. By the way, if you look there, um, it hasn't been updated in a while because we're busy building a new platform for the website, and it should be deploying in the next week or two. So just be patient, and then everything will be updated on the regular. It's going to be much easier, um, and we'll get all the dates for the year for Women with Purpose, starting September 17th, 7 p.m., Monday nights, right here in the cafe. Get connected. Get connected. If you're going to hear a buzzword from me in the next several weeks in what concerns our church family, it's this. Get connected. Um, there's no excuse anymore why we can't um, do life together. There's no excuse. And if you say, well, I'm busy, guess what? We all are. We all are busy, but it just comes down to the priority. How do you want yourself to grow deeper unless you connect, right? This is how God designed the church to be. So women with purpose, again, I can't attend. It's only for women, and uh, we got some great things planned for that. As well, Friday Night Connect. We have Kids Club, if we could put that one up. Um, so from grades JK to 5. And the theme this year is Time Lab. And I don't know if you could see it, but it's discovering Jesus from eternity past to eternity future. And uh, my son, when I told him this past week, uh, he's like, Do you, what's the theme for this coming year? I'm like, Time Lab. He's like, that sounds cool. What is Time Lab? I was like, think of a time machine where you can go back and you could go forward. And he's like, whoa, that sounds so cool. I said, yeah, every Friday night at 730 you're going to have an incredible time. And so that's going to be taking place. And, uh, and again, I want to encourage parents, bring your children. It's one thing for us to understand today's message. But how do we enact it in our children's lives? Well, we have to be the agent. We have to be the ones. I know it takes sacrifice. My wife reminds me all the time because I'm already at church. And she drives with the van and the three kids. And she's like, it was, it was a bit challenging getting here, but we're here. And she's back at work. Her mat leave's done with the kids all day long in her class. And I'm like, yep, 
Uh, thanks, babe. But but we are the agents that have to teach our children what it means to be not only connected but rooted, planted in the house of the Lord. Amen. So kids club grades JK to five. The next slide is Royals Youth, and that's. Uh, from grade 6 to 12. So we made a change in case you didn't hear the announcement last week. Last season from January to June, we ran it on Wednesday nights. And we had some uh, great opportunities there. But we just uh, felt that it was better tied to the Friday night. Uh, it used to be also grades 9 to 12. But now we're including junior highs. So grades 6 to 12. And so what that also means is that we won't be actually having junior highs at the moment meeting on Sundays during the sermon. Uh, so parents, just please make a note of that. And again, um, parents, please do your part. And I'm glad I have your attention today. And, and I know we have some Royals youth in the house as well. Um, but we need to stay connected. All summer long, we didn't take a break. And I'll tell you why. Because it's been on my heart for that long, this message. I didn't know it at the time. I just, I just knew we cannot stop. Because too, there's too much drifting when we stop. So we ran almost every Friday through the whole summer. We did our youth worship jam sessions almost every Friday at 4.30 p.m. Uh, by the way, they're going to be leading us in a song on the 23rd of September in just two weeks. I think that's two weeks, yeah. Um, so get ready worship jam session, young people. Um, and I'm just excited for what God is doing in our young people. Amen. And here's the thing. Uh, I don't say they're the future of our church. They're, they're basically our church. Um, the, young, the young generation is, is where my heart is heavy towards. And so parents of children in this age group, grades 6 to 12, I just want to speak to you for a second this is a critical age and stage for, for young people. Why? Well, they're going through so much change physiologically, but even in school and friends and in their surrounding, in their influence, that we really need to make sure that they're planted and connected here as well. It's great to plug them into extracurricular activities at school, music lessons, dance lessons, sports, whatever that might look like for your family. But please, let it include what we do as a church. Um, I remember my youth pastor days, I would have a, a parent come and say, uh, you should do this, and you should tell my child this. And I said, I'm sorry. Uh, I was a little younger, so I, I probably didn't say it the way I would say it today. This is how I would say it today. I, I'm sorry. I only have one hour out of a whole 168 hours of a week. Uh, you're their parent, not me. You're the one who has to actually lead them. And when I have them for the hour, I'll make sure that I can do everything I can to lead them to Jesus. Uh, but oftentimes we want the church to, to fix uh, the problem that we have with our children. Uh, when parents, God has given us the mandate, really. And we have to make sure we do our part. So I tell my son, you're coming to church. I tell my son, during worship, sometimes it gets hard, but you have to stand while we sing because it's respectful to God. It's, we're in his presence. And so he's learning. He's five, but some, I talk to him like he is 18 because that's how he likes to talk to me. Right? So, okay, then stand up during worship. But let's make sure that as parents, we take 
responsibility. So that's Royals Youth. And then we have uh, the next slide for young adults and adults. And we have two great classes. Nunzio, one of our deacons, is uh, leading the adult class. I'm leading the young adult class. Um, I still can't let go of that age bracket. I still feel like that, that's me, even though I'm 36. Um, but, it, but it's uh, a great experience and a great opportunity we have. Um, as young people, the, the, the feedback that I've received is that we're going to go through a book of the Bible. Uh, something that we haven't really done with young adults yet. And so pray for me because we're going to deep dive and grow roots in one book of the Bible. Uh, for however long it would take us. And then in Nunzio's class with the adults, uh, he said they're going to be hitting hot button topics. And, um, and he's, he's a little edgier than I am or crazier. And he said, and if there are any topics that you want discussed and, and covered, he said, let them know. And, uh, and he'll be happy to, to just dive in with those kind of things as well. Uh, listen, I can't stress it enough, but I also can't force it on anyone. Um, but my prayer is that these are very practical ways. We all want to see the fruit, but let's understand now that it has to start with getting our roots deeper. And uh, it's staying connected in, in, the, in the Word, staying connected in our walk with God, but with one another. Uh, one of the, the greatest tragedies is to be a part of a church, but to isolate yourself as an island. That's not the way God designed his church to flow and to function. It's designed as one body. Amen. And what happens with my, my hand? I can't cut it off because then I won't be able to hold the mic. I won't be able to open the door. I won't be able to write. I won't be able to do so many things. So I need every part of this body. And in the same way, scripture tells us that we are one body with many parts. And every part has a specific purpose and a role to play. And so don't, don't isolate yourself. What I would say is do the exact opposite of that feeling inside of you and connect. For some of you, it might take, oh, I'm not a real open person. I'm not comfortable approaching people. But you know what? Sometimes you just have to. Sometimes you have to step outside of your comfort zone and just allow God to take you by the hand to meet someone new and say, hi, I'm so-and-so. It's great to, to finally to catch up. And you've been, I've seen your face many times, but now I finally get to say hi. And some of us, we just isolate ourselves. But that's not what God wants for us. Lastly, um, you've seen it uh, announced on the slide, save the date. Then today we had it, but we'll put it up again. We have a corn roast planned for October the 13th. And again, we're being very intentional on purpose because I know that since we had the whole reno, um, we haven't had a church picnic, we were in the school, we came back, things were crazy, and we're, we're just catching up now on time lost um, because why not? We, we can spend time together. So on the 13th, we're going to have a great morning together. Uh, we're going to let you know the exact time and the, the address and all that stuff. But if you're Google savvy, you can figure out where Doctors McLean Park is. It's not a big deal. Uh, but we'll be sure to communicate that because we want everyone there. It's free to come. Uh, we're going to provide sausages, the, the ro corn roast and all of that stuff. Uh, you just got to bring dessert and coffee if you want. Uh, and we just want to have an incredible day together as a church family. Can we do it? Why not? Why not? 
And uh, we just want you to block off that day, plan to be there, and connect, connect. You see, I'm going to keep saying this for Sundays, and I, I'm aware of the time, don't worry. I'm not just blabbing. Everything I'm saying this morning is intentional. Is that I want us as a church to connect. I want us as a church to not just be know each other on the surface, but to actually be able to say, I know this many people at my church. I'm connected. And then here's the second part to that, and we're not quite there. It's going to be then I'm going to start bringing other people to connect them to the family that I'm a part of. Because this is the beauty of the, the family of God. It's not something that only I get to experience. But I want our experience as a church family to be so authentic and so genuine that we want our neighbors to experience it. That we want our coworkers to come or our classmates to come. And so that's the heart behind it. This place has to be a place where people can come broken, hurting, in need of X, Y, Z, fill in the blank, knowing that this is a place where they will find love, the love of God. They will be accepted and they can belong, yes, even before they believe. And, and they can receive what only God can offer them. And that's my prayer for for our church, and for the people that God will bring. But we want the fruit, but it starts with growing the roots deep. Amen? Would you stand to your feet with me today? The, the response to today's message is very simple and practical. I've given you many ways with which you can connect here at Weston. And, and now I leave it in your court. Say, what will you do with it? You might have ideas for ministries that I'm not even aware we need. But guess what? We need help then. And are you willing to help? Stay planted, stay rooted. We believe that God has the best in store for us as a church. Amen? Amen. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm glad I got this word out because I could sleep tonight and not wake up 15 times. But I just pray that you would begin to allow expectation in your heart to grow for the women's ministry that we talked about, for the, the kids' club, for Royals Youth. It's a new season, Weston. It's a new season. Just before we pray, here's what I felt this past week. Friday night confirmed it. And I, I spoke it with some of the leaders. I said, I sensed, even before we met Friday, that God was going to blow fresh wind into our ministries. And Friday I left. I know we had coffee and I drank some. I know some of you know I was drinking green tea. I had some coffee Friday. It felt so good. And guess what? Um, I just, what I, what I felt God say, I actually, I saw it with my eyes Friday night. And I just, be, and now I'm going to begin speaking it. Um, that I believe God's blowing a fresh wind in our church and in, in the ministries of our church. And I'm not in a rush either. Because I want God to lead us in the process but I want to make sure that the roots of our ministries are deep as well. Amen? And so I want to pray over you and uh, believe that as you go, you, the Holy Spirit now will convict your heart in two ways. Number one, it, am I in a fruit season or am I actually in a root season to know the difference and to discern it? And then the second thing is for our church, very practically speaking, how are you going to connect and be a part of the root system that God is growing. 
because we can't do this alone, and I can't do it alone either. Uh, but I know that God is, is the one who's going to work all things out for His glory. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together as we commit it now to Him. Heavenly Father, I thank You this morning for your word. Father, I thank you that some of us might recognize already the season we're in. And Lord, we are called to bear fruit, your word says. But Lord, in due season, in the right season. So Lord, I just simply pray you would begin to allow your people, your sons and daughters, to discern what season they are in and what season we are in. God, is it a root season or is it a fruit season? Help us to know the difference and help us then to take the proper course of action. And Lord, for our church, as we've laid out this morning all of the different opportunities and ways in which we can grow deeper in you and deeper with one another and stay connected in community. God, I pray that we would break out of our comfort zone even for some of us. Lord, I pray that we would just break through whatever might stop us or hinder us. Maybe it would just simply be a busy schedule. I pray today that, God, you would give us extra strength on Friday, knowing that Saturday, the weekend is here. God, I pray that we would make, Lord, a pri make this a priority, no matter what we feel like, that we would make a decision to connect together on Fridays. God, I thank you that you are preparing us as a church, even through this root season. Lord, I know some people might just get frustrated and not want to be a part of it because it takes long. But God, for those of us who have committed or who are committing this morning to staying the course, to be a part of the story you are writing here at Weston, Lord, I thank you that the, the best days are yet to come, that, Lord, there are greater things that we have yet to see, Lord, that there is fruit and a harvest that we don't even have an idea of what it will look like. But God, you already know, and I pray that you would prepare us now at this stage. God, may we not grow weary in doing good, for at the appropriate time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And so, God, I thank you for your word. May it encourage us as we go today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of his Holy Spirit accompany us on our way. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and we'll see you Friday night at Connect Night. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westonroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.